You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown Trading is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. We are going to dig into a scouting report of the Minnesota Vikings. If you missed Crossover Wednesday with Luke Braun yesterday, go check that out. He offered his explanation for what happened in Week 1 against the Falcons. And what I want to do here is not just talk about what happened, but talk about the players and the matchups and the strengths and the weaknesses. So this is a Vikings team with a very good defense and a potentially explosive offense on a neutral field based on the data that I have accumulated. They would be about a two and a half point favorite against uh, the average NFL team on a neutral field, Green Bay based on those same numbers, a 1.6-point favorite on a neutral field. So by the numbers, Minnesota gets a slight edge there on a neutral field. The game will not be played on a neutral field. So when the line opened minus 2.5, and I offered a little consternation about that, it was actually perhaps a little bit more accurate than I would have thought at the time, given what the numbers say, what the analytics say. So... That's something that I think we have to take into consideration here. Uh, but at the same time, it's just week one. And, and we can't take too much from the data that is given to us based on week one. Now, it is also true that what the data scientists who study this have found, and I've, I've talked to one in particular who told me that what they have found is that what you need to do is actually trust your preseason projections, and all of the data that they pour into that a little bit longer into the season because week one, week two, week three, even into week four, that's just a small sample size. There's not a lot of actual information that you're gaining in there that should that should change your opinion from what you thought preseason. So if you thought the Packers were going to have a good offense in the preseason, then you should continue to believe that they have a good offense despite what we saw in week one. One week of data is not enough to say this offense is not going to be good. Same thing with the defense. If you thought the defense was going to be good, but you didn't think they were going to be dominant, then maybe hold off from saying that this is a dominant defense until we see them dominate a little bit more. That's something that we're going to have to learn. It's something that we're going to have to dissect as the season moves ahead, what what was real from week one? And we're going to do the same thing in week two and say, okay, what was real and what was fake? So this is a Vikings team that I think most people thought was going to be good. They are going to be good, and they, they are good. They were good last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were still a good team, and they were a really good team the year before. 
No one should be surprised that this is a good football team. Now, Green Bay in week two last year with Aaron Rodgers coming off right off a bad injury. They outplayed the Vikings by a lot, especially in the first half. Kevin King goes out and the secondary struggles. I don't imagine that that same sort of scenario would play out this year. And we're going to go over some of the reasons for that when we actually do these scouting reports and break these teams down. But what I think is important to note here is these teams are different in the way that they match up from a year ago, even if the Vikings remain more or less the same. It is the Packers that have fundamentally changed. So when we discuss these uh, matchups, remember that even though a lot of the Viking names you're going to know and you're going to be familiar with, the Packer names and the, and the guys who are either going to be covering them or blocking them or you know whatever it is, those guys are going to be somewhat different. So we have to take a slightly different tact and different approach when we try and dissect where the Packers do and don't have an advantage. This is a Minnesota Vikings team that last week was in 11 personnel, which is three receivers, a running back, and a tight end, the least in the NFL, 21% of the time. Sorry, second least. Arizona was was the least, 18% for them. And the reason that that I actually said Minnesota was last is because they used two receivers or, or fewer the most often in the NFL. The reason Arizona didn't use it the least is because they were actually in four receiver sets almost 70% of the time. So Minnesota played the most traditional personnel in week one. Now, part of that is they were in essentially prevent offense for the entire second half. And they weren't really trying to score. It was a lot of run, 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 or run, run, play action pass, run, run, safe pass, that kind of stuff. So offensively, we know where this starts with Kirk Cousins. And he had two of his best games of the year last year, and they were big games, and they were on national television, and he rose to the occasion. That is rare for Kirk Cousins. There were plenty of big games where he turtled. And he played, I mean, we can think of a couple Packer games in recent memory where the pass rush was ferocious. I mean, you go back to 2016, and that Viking game where the Packers harassed Sam Bradford, and he still completed a bunch of passes, and the Packers lost that game 17-14. And you go back to last year in either of those matchups with Kirk Cousins, the Packers' defense played pretty well. And they got after Kirk Cousins, and he had to make some pinpoint throws. This secondary is importantly different. This year, you can say, okay, Jair Alexander, you've got 14 in purple. Follow him. From the moment he wakes up until he goes to bed Sunday night, you have Stephon Diggs. And you can use Kevin King. You can use Tony Brown. You can use Josh Jackson. You can use Tremont Williams on Adam Thielen. And that's fine. And you're just that's just how you're going to play it. And, and the Packers used a lot of different um, rotations. They used a lot of different personnel groupings to try and cover the Bears' myriad formations. Minnesota's not going to play that way. So they don't have to worry as much about being as creative because they're not going to see the, the wonky formations. This is going to be a what-you-see-is-what-you-get type game. And so maybe that means more B.J. Goodson for the Packers. Uh, maybe that means you know Raven Green playing more in the big nickel. The, the Minnesota Vikings' third receiver is Chad Beebe, a name you'll recognize because he is the son of former Packer Don Beebe. Uh, he is not going to play a ton. In fact, in the game last week, 
the three receiver set was only used 10 times, so he was on the field very little. It may be a game where Tremont Williams doesn't play that much, or it might be a game where the Packers say, we think Tremont Williams is a better matchup with Adam Thielen than Kevin King or Tony Brown, and so he's going to be the guy that takes Thielen. Now, the other receivers are really nothing to talk about, and they're probably not going to see the field. In terms of the skill position players, we know Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is an extremely talented running back who had some personal issues, some maturity issues at Florida State, has had injury issues in the NFL. And, you know, it is true that he had a nice stat line last Sunday, and there were a couple runs where he looked outstanding. But he is very much in the mold of his famous predecessor in Minnesota, Adrian Peterson, in that he is a boom-or-bust runner. So, yes, he had over 100 yards on 21 carries and a 5.3 yard per carry average, and all of that looks nice. But 66, more than half of those yards, came on three carries. So he is a boomer bust running back. The, the Falcons, on a lot of those plays, tackled him in the backfield or they got him for a minimal gain. This, this Vikings offensive line is a major problem. Garrett Bradbury was bad in week one. Pat Elfline was bad in week one. Josh Klein was up and down. And then the offensive tackles are just not special. Riley Reed is solid on the left side. Riley Reef, excuse me. And Brian O'Neill, who was a 2018 draft pick, someone that I thought the Packers might have interest in, he's fine. This is an offensive line the Packers can exploit. You go back and you look at the number of pressures they created, and they were in the top 10 in pressure rate last week. And Zadarius Smith had the 10, and all these guys are creating pressure, the blitz looks, all that stuff. The question is not going to be, can the Packers beat these guys one-on-one? They can. The question is going to be, how often are you are you forcing Minnesota to play in third and long? Because that's when Mike Patton can get to those designer blitzes. That's when you can create confusion along the offensive line and scheme up free rushers. And that's when you force Kirk Cousins to beat you. Matt LaFleur was in Washington when Kirk Cousins was making his ascent. He was in Washington when... RG3 and Kirk Cousins were drafted. He's seen this guy as a player. He's seen him grow. And you presume that he has seen the evolution and the lack of evolution in Kirk Cousins' game, that he knows Matt LaFleur is as detail-oriented a coach as you will find. That In that SI story about that Washington staff, the the quote was that Matt LaFleur was the most detail-oriented guy on a staff that included Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay. So, I mean, that just gives you an idea of the kind of coach and the kind of football mind that Matt LaFleur is. So, when, when can you, what, what Matt LaFleur said you have to do to Kirk Cousins is pressure him. And that has always been the book on Cousins. Pressure him and he will throw the ball up for grabs. And that game last year should have been over. Clay Matthews with the hit, that pick was made by Jair Alexander. He threw the ball up for grabs. I still think the play that Adam Thielen scored on should have been picked. But you have a free safety who is, by the way, no longer employed, who takes out your cornerback, who doesn't have a chance to make a play on the ball, who doesn't make a play on the ball, and it ends up in a touchdown. If that's Darnell Savage or Adrian Amos, they're either separating receiver from ball or they're making a play on the football. And that's the difference this year. The Packers can play big. They can play with B.J. Goodson. And they can play with Raven Green in that big nickel because Minnesota's going to play with 
a fullback and a running back, or they're going to play with two tight ends with, with the rookie Irv Smith Jr. next to Kyle Rudolph or across the formation from Kyle Rudolph and, and Diggs and Thielen, and that's it. And Green Bay can feel more comfortable about their corners in a base defense with just two and say, okay, Diggs, Thielen, man-to-man, safety over the top, and we can play with linebackers because we think that our corners can handle your receivers one-on-one. They can have that idea because they, they actually have players who can do it. Jair Alexander was awesome last week. One catch on eight targets with three PBUs, according to my numbers. Pro Football Focus was slightly different, but that's how I saw it. Okay? He can handle these guys. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to give up yards. He probably will. But they can match up with this offense in, in a way that I, I think they don't have to be in nickel the same way they were against the Bears, where you have to treat Tariq Cohen as a receiver. And they're going to split David Montgomery out. And they're going to split, you know, when Trey Burton is healthy, him out and Adam Shaheen. And they played a lot more in 11 personnel with Anthony Miller on the field and Javon Weems on the field. Minnesota's not going to do that. They're going to play a very traditional game. And so it's going to be fascinating to see how Mike Pettin decides to counter that more traditional game with what is generally a very progressive set of blitzes, uh, designer front looks, and, and all of the things that, that he is able to do to confuse offenses. Now, I hope you're not still at work. I hope you're not still stuck in the office. But if you are, or you're just sitting at home and you're like, oh, what do we get? You look at you know your roommate, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your partner, your significant other, your cat, and you say, what are we going to order? Well, the easiest thing to do is just open the DoorDash app. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Today's episode is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and earn credit toward your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top choice for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Right now, enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right, now, defensively, I wanted to spend a little bit more time on the offense because um, the, the matchups with the new-look defense are different. But when the Packers have the ball, it's a lot of the same faces. We know Daniel Hunter. We know Everson Griffin. We know Linval Joseph, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Trey Waynes, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes. The question marks, as we talked about yesterday with Luke, Shamar Stefan next to Linval Joseph. If you're going to run the ball, run it to his side. And I think these linebackers are susceptible to play action. They struggled to, to cover the middle of the field in week one. Uh, Harrison Smith is a gambler. Anthony Harris had the game of his life last week. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to come back down to earth. I think he's a good player. 
But if the middle of the field is open, expect Matt LaFleur to try and take advantage, especially with crossing routes, with plays like mesh, with tight end seam routes. That was that was a place that Green Bay had some success last week. I think even with the, the quality of coverage that someone like Anthony Barr can provide or Eric Kendricks can provide, the way that you beat this defense is by stressing them vertically and horizontally, spread them out, make them cover as much space as possible. And I, I think you're going to get some people out of position. And and the other thing is you have to use their aggressiveness against them. The Falcons ran a ton of play action to, to considerable success, frankly. Um, you know, Matt Ryan did throw a pick off play action, but he, it was bad. It was really bad. But, a lot of their best passing plays came off play action. They can, you can get those linebackers to suck up and open doors behind. I think you're going to see a little bit more RPO. The thing that you don't have to worry about with this Vikings defense is they're going to rally to the ball. They're not quite as fast as Chicago. They're not quite as disciplined as Chicago, but they're more confusing. They are uh, they are more aggressive. Although what we saw from Chicago is certainly more aggressive than than what we saw from the Vic Fangio version of the Bears in terms of blitzing and disguises and all that stuff. But, God, the more I watch that game, the more I am so impressed with the, the football intelligence of the Bears defense. They played so damn disciplined that it was just like they, they saw everything and none of the misdirection, nothing really concerned them, nothing really shocked them, nothing really fooled them. And part of this offense is predicated on doing that. Now, I, I think one of the reasons why you can say that is this Packers offense doesn't have a lot of tape. So they don't really have tendencies yet. So you can't play off tendencies when you don't have any tendencies. So that's going to be something that gets to evolve over the course of the season. But Green Bay has to try and take advantage. Now, the, the big place, the big hole in this secondary, we know Xavier Rhodes. Now, Devontae Adams has had... Success against him the last four times the Vikings have played. The Packers, Devontae Adams has scored a touchdown, uh, and almost all of them have been against Xavier Rhodes. Trey Waynes is grabby and fast. He struggles to turn and can be over-aggressive penalties, uh, can, can react to double moves. He is someone you can take advantage of. And then Mackenzie Alexander is hurt. He's, he's not going to play. Injury report as of Wednesday the latest injury report we have is Mike Hughes was limited with the knee injury. He's not at 100% to play. So if he can't go, they have to take J. Ron Curse, who is technically a backup safety, and play him at nickel corner. Well, Green Bay played with three receivers about 49% of the time. Now, that was below average for week one, but you know about 50% of the time feels right for Green Bay. If they want to take advantage of that situation, they have to be in three receiver sets. Now, that means you have to get better production from Geronimo Allison. You have to get better production from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. you got to put Devontae Adams in the slot and dare Minnesota to make Xavier Rhodes follow him. I think this is a week we see more of Trevor Davis. I wrote about this for for Packer Report, and, and if you're not already reading, if you're not subscribing, we do have a deal right now for subscribers to go get that content uh, you basically you buy one month and you get the rest of the season free. So it is a hell of a deal. I would I would highly recommend that you go do that. But this is this is a time for for Trevor Davis. 
And part of the reason is they need speed on the field. The tight end position can become a little bit redundant with Geronimo Allison's skill set. A possession receiver, middle of the field. That That's what this offense wants the tight end to be. So what you need is speed. And and not just because you have a need for speed, but because uh, you, you need to be able to stretch the field. And Trevor Davis can do that horizontally. He can do it vertically. And he is probably the best receiver on this team after the catch. So, you know, that's something that, that you want to exploit. Get, get the ball out quickly against these teams that are going to play aggressively and fly around. Get the ball out when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and, and let your receivers make a play. Let Devontae Adams go make a man miss. Let, you know, let, uh, let Trevor Davis go make a man miss. And, you know, that, that's something that you can, you can really thrive with. That can be a tenant of your offense, and it gives you something that Geronimo Allison or Jake Kumro just doesn't. It's one of the reasons why you know there were a lot of Packer fans that said, "I don't, I don't need to see Allison and Kumro both on the team because they're pretty redundant." And it was a reason why you know it would have been nice to get Darius Shepard out there. Why it would have been nice to have Equinemius St. Brown out there because they have different kinds of skill sets, and EQ can can challenge a team deep. Getting Trevor Davis on the field and Robert Tanyan on the field. To threaten this secondary is something that you have to see. You have to get them out there. You know, Jaron Curse is tall. He's big, 6'4", 216. He was a safety in college. And, you know, he's pretty stiff. You don't want him as your nickel corner. If you put someone like Adams in the slot and Curse is going to go cover him, it's it's barbecue chicken. You put Trevor Davis in the slot and, and have Curse cover him, he's gone. It should be a touchdown. So that those are matchups that you have to exploit. Now, what I thought was really interesting is Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, former scout, uh, was on Mina Kimes' podcast, and he was talking about how he felt like this offense is going to end up pulling a little bit more toward what Aaron Rodgers is used to running just because it, it's going to make him more comfortable. I don't know if that's true, but I do see the value in saying, play a lot in either 11 personnel with three receivers out there or traditional personnel. That's that's what they did in week one. Uh, you're going to see a lot more traditional personnel because that's where the play-action game is a killer. Fullback, running back, two tight ends. Get those guys on the field, and you can kill teams with play-action, and you make the run game more effective. And then also run out of lighter personnel. I think we needed to see that a little bit more as well. If, if they're going to put... If they're going to play small and nickel, then you got to run the ball. So, you know, running the ball right at someone like Shamar Steven, if he's going to, especially if he's playing on Everson Griffin's side, that is where you want to attack this Minnesota defense. You use the hard count to get them to jump off sides. They committed a ton of penalties against Atlanta, and a bunch of them were offsides. I mean, I counted three or four offsides, bad offside penalties that resulted in plays for Atlanta. And if you're Green Bay, and you have the greatest quarterback in NFL history at creating free plays. And he did it against the Bears, too, for a touchdown. That touchdown was a free play. Then, you know, you're, you're giving yourself more opportunities if you are the Packers. And speaking of giving yourself opportunities, why don't you give yourself an opportunity to win some money? That's why I go to my bookie, where it's fast, it's easy, and when you win, they pay. Face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. 
And in a place like MyBookie, you can do live in-game betting. They've got great player perks, and you can even bet on fantasy football. And if you're the kind of person that wants to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come in, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag today. Because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events. So follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. All right, our live show coming tomorrow. I will be sure to blast on social media where you can watch that if you want to watch it Friday afternoon. Happy hour. Uh, we have a we have a whole new platform locked on live um, where hopefully I'll be doing this every week. Hopefully that works out. Otherwise, we'll just do a Periscope stream and uh, I'll try not to curse because we're going to be live. So the best way to make sure you don't miss that is follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Go leave a review on iTunes. Let people know why you're listening to the show. Let let them know you like it. We haven't done Make a Friend Monday in a while, but it's Thursday, so tell a friend Thursday. Hmm. We'll work on it. We'll find a better name. Uh, and anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, I will be taking your questions tomorrow. Have a couple questions. I told you yesterday. Have a couple questions I really like. So send me more. Be a part of the show. On the Locked On Packers fan hotline, that's 920-341-3775 to always stay Locked On Packers.